but the freedom that comes when we know the truth of how our Creator sees us. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Chad Hawk. And without Matt Dowd, we are Renegade Atlas, creating a new path for your life. I said Matt is not in the office in the uh, studio today because of the coronavirus that's going around. Matt is sequestered in his home right now, and he um, he will be back, I believe, next week with us. I've provided everything is fine. Um, he is not unhealthy or unwell, just to make that clear, so no one needs to worry about him. Um, we've already worked through created to be healthy and created to be wealthy, and we've just gone into created to be wise. So this year has been quite the journey, and today we're going to be exploring created to be wise with somebody I've gotten to know over the last few months. Her name is Kim Specker, and she is a a coach. She really helps people find purpose, meaning, direction, calling in their life. And it's such a, a blessing to have her with us today. So Kim, welcome to Renegade Atlas. We are so glad you're here today. Thanks for having me, Dr. Chad. So Kim, um, how long have you been doing the professional coaching now? I've been coaching for 11 years now. It's a second career for me. Uh-huh. Um, and before, my, before it, you were? Before, I was an accountant and in sales and client relationship director. So gotcha. have a broad experience in the marketplace. Yeah. And um, you attended UT, right? University of Texas at Dallas, yes. And yeah. Attended their graduate program in executive and professional coaching. Yeah. So you do this on a real high level. This is not just the person who's kind of hanging out saying, oh, yeah, go be the best you can be. <laughs> you, you work on a very high level with this. Yeah, I take it pretty serious. Uh, when I did my own introspective work to decide what I was supposed to do after after a life transition uh, that left me in a place I had to reinvent myself, I realized at 43, I had no clue of who I was. And so I went on that introspective journey to find out who God had made me to be. And in that discovery process, uh, through assessments and tools and resources and interviews, I found out I was supposed to be uh, either a licensed professional counselor or an executive and professional coach. And as a single mom at that point, I knew I didn't want to take on debt to um, get a graduate degree in the counseling. So what I did, I went back to UTD and Uh, pursued coaching because it's the model that had worked out in my whole career of encouraging and inspiring team leaders to be their best. And so that was a part of my natural wiring was to be a coach and a cheerleader. So when the process, Matt and I spend a lot of time talking about identity, you know, Mm -hmm. moving into God's identity in your life. It sounds to me like you're really trying to get people to move. And you had that epiphany in your life. I sure did. Right. Do you want to share with us a little of how that happened in your life? Yeah, I'll keep it at a high level just because it's it's pretty personal and I'm not in front of your audience to know who's out there. But I had a crisis my own um, in my own life. A marriage of 23 years ended unexpectedly. The story I tell is one day I was on Leave it to Beaver and I had Wally and Beave at the house and I was June. The next day I woke up and I was on uh, Jerry Springer show. No. Yeah. And so I, I had no idea how to operate as a single woman, a single mom. And so I literally hit the pause button 
because life had gotten too big, um, overwhelm had set in, and I needed to figure out who I was. Sure. I'd gotten married at a very early age and very emotionally immature. And so I didn't know who I was. I went from my parents' household to being married. And so I didn't have the discovery process of most 20-year-olds process in these days where they figure out who they are. I became who I was supposed to be. Gotcha. And I, I'm sure that's a, a skill set that you've learned or how you've learned to move through this mm-hmm. that you can now apply to the clients that you're seeing. Yes, that's it's why I feel like I um, thrive in the coaching role because um, for those who study coaching or have engaged coaches, they know they can only use a coach who has gone as far in their journey as they need to go. Right. And so by the grace of God, I feel like the Lord has been generous with me, even though it's been large amounts of pain and hardship. He has used all of that to help me have capacity and the skills to help many, many people navigate to their true identity. Yeah. And right now, I believe that people are being called to wake up into what their true identity is because of mm-hmm. the economic, the um, the social, the spiritual forces that are impacting people today, specifically due to the response to this virus. Yes. And some people who are listening may have lost their job in the last day or two. Mm-hmm. Um, others may be moving into a new job or position. And, and there's something that they can grab a hold of today that can forever change their life. As you said um, in a conversation we've had once, you, you identified it as an awakening. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Would you like it in the context of an example of an awakening, what that is, or a definition? What would be uh, helpful? How about an example of what that means for somebody to go through an awakening in their mm-hmm. life? Right. And so I'm going to speak just from my personal Great. story, Great. because that would be the best way. Um, an awakening often occurs in people's lives when hardship gets too great for their emotional capacity or their physical strength to handle. And so that looks like large amounts of stress or um, an inability to find a way out. And so you're sitting in this place of what I would call despair. It's where I was. I can remember literally one night being on the floor with my face down and just crying out to God because I had no idea what to do. I was literally at rock bottom. Sure. And so I think it's hitting that or landing in rock bottom where we have no other way to go but up. I know um, the people, if they allow themselves to be vulnerable, they will mm-hmm. hit these points in life. Yes. And I know I've hit very, obviously very, very different than what you did, but I know that my awakening, if I can use that term, came through years and years and years of extreme stress and trial, mm-hmm. which allowed me to be emerge a much better person than I ever was before. Mm-hmm. But I would have not been able to move into that grace that I have today in my life mm-hmm. without that. I right. was carrying too much of, of junk that I had associated with my own life that God never mm-hmm. had for me. Yeah. And it, you're 
yeah, you're, I'm listening to you and my heart is like, I'm just connecting with that because going back in to when I was on the floor in that place of desperation, it was a shifting that took place in me. I think when I asked for help, I knew I could no longer do it on my own. Sure. And I would have told you I was a Christian and I had a relationship with God, but all of a sudden my circumstances felt so much bigger than God. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he showed up and it was in that place of vulnerability because I can tell you Dr. Chad, I am a recovering overfunctioning over um, performing woman. And I am on the other side of that now because I had to create an intentional pathway of letting go of my dreams, my goals, my aspirations. Because at one point in my life, my body was very strong and my body could endure a lot. I had a lot of emotional strength, so I thought. And then um, I had this kind of like a this perfect storm came where my world went on pause and I realized how weak and fragile I was. Yeah. But somehow God said to me, it's okay. I I need you to be weak and fragile for right now because I want to help you reconnect with who I made you to be, not who you made yourself to be. You know, I don't read scripture and find examples where Christ is telling us to do it all on our own and be the <laughs> the superman the superwoman and carry it you know make mm-hmm. it through these trials alone i've not yet read that now maybe i i've missed it mm-hmm. um but this is a time right now kim this is a time mm-hmm. where people are feeling those stressors and pains right it's it's very real. And I'm like you when the scripture doesn't say we're going to do it alone. It says that he will never leave us or forsake us. And I use this phrase called Emmanuel often. I just even say that word Emmanuel, the God who is with me. And I, it brings peace to me because life is too complicated now. It, it was too busy, but I think by the grace of God, he's giving us a pause to rest and attune with him. Yeah, the, uh, many of you listening to this the, over the next few weeks here, um, this is March 23rd today, we're recording. Um, you may have find yourself found yourself unable to leave your home because of the coronavirus. You may have found yourself without a job. You may have found yourself uh, furloughed for a bit. And you have time right now. And Kim, what would you recommend people do during this time to find their identity in Christ again, or perhaps for the first time? Well, I think that is a really big question, Dr. Chad. I know. The first I just, step, just, it's just a softball. Yeah, yeah softball. <laughs> softball. Okay. Question. All right. <laughs> well, I think for those who might not have a personal relationship with Emmanuel, the first step would be to move toward that and just see if you can shift your belief to think there is a sovereign being and a God who is bigger than any challenge on this earth. So moving the belief system to trust in a sovereign power, and then out of that, could you begin exploring? uh, I choose to read the book of Proverbs because it's the book of wisdom. And could you look at that and begin learning of what 
God's thoughts are about you. Moving on into the Psalms and then the, um, that would be a provision of wisdom for you to see how God sees you and how he loves you and how he's designed you. Yeah, because he, he really has done that for you. It is so such a blessing to know that you're not responsible for living every part of your life out on your own. There is an instruction manual. There is guidance. There is peace. There is hope, despite mm-hmm. what the world may tell right. you. Yes, and I wish I would have had that uh, er- earlier in my life where I really understood that there was a God who loved me. Wow, yeah. When you really stop and think about that, there are many people in America and around the world who have been part of a religious system who have been taught what the Bible says about God's love, but they have not had a personal encounter to know his love. And I think that goes back to that. Those steps you ask me about is, could you set aside some time in your day and even ask the simple question, God, how do you love me? And just pause and listen. You've used the word Emmanuel, which you've referenced this, but it hasn't been explicitly said. So those who are listening can know. The word Emmanuel says means God with us, God with us. Mm -hmm. And you introduced me to something called the Emmanuel prayer or Emmanuel um, journaling. Journaling, Mm -hmm. yes. And that's been fascinating. I bought a book and my wife and I've been going through it and looking, exploring this idea. And I'm going to be getting together with your husband and talking to him a little bit about it. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Um, Is that something you can speak at for just a moment or two here? Sure. Um, Yes. Actually, that process that's written about in a book called The Joyful Journey uh, is literally a guided listening prayer model. And what makes it unique from other listening prayers is that each question that is asked corresponds to a level of the brain to help it calm down so that we can then move to the next question and the next question. So picture being at the base of your brain where we survive the amygdala called fight, flight, or freeze. We can't make decisions when we're back there other than how to survive. Yeah. But what we now know through neuroscience and through all of the beautiful things that have happened in the last 15 plus years in brain awareness is if we can get to our prefrontal cortex, the front part of our brain. The Which is behind your forehead. Correct. For, for those people who don't know where that is. Yeah, as I'm pointing to the right side of my brain behind my right eye. Um, but each question helps get us to the relational center of our brain where our emotion resides. Yeah. And so if we practice this journaling process regularly, we begin to build emotional capacity, our identity begins to be restored, and then we have excess capacity to share with others in community. Wow, yeah. Would you mind taking time in just a few minutes where we can talk more about this? 
This is absolutely fascinating material that I, I know you're about to go into some really amazing work that you've done um, that God has shown you and provided for you. Um, before we get to that, I am going to take a moment and talk to talk about our sponsor, Shenandoah Joe. Shenandoah Joe has created a special renegade roast that I highly encourage you to give a try. Um, you can go to our sponsors page on our website, therenegadeatlas.com. And when you go there, click on Shenandoah Joe, order up some coffee. You can get a pound or two and um, maybe five pounds. This is a great time to get it because Dave Fafara chooses those beans. He roasts those beans. I've known him for years and years, and he's just done an amazing job with this. By, by buying the coffee, you're helping support what Matt and I are able to do. So please, um, if you have time or the capacity, order a pound or two of it and make sure you let them know you got it from by listening to Renegade Atlas. Um, now, Kim. Yes. Um, when we you want to kind of, I'm going to let you take it from here okay. and guide us through some of these ideas or concepts mm -hmm. that you're intimately familiar with. Yes. Well, I'm honored to do this. Um, my friends, John and Songshim Lapnow, Anna Kang, and then my friend Jim Wilder created this process. They include it in the book Joyful Journey so you could order it to get the brain science behind this. But as I share this process with you, I'd, I'd like for you up front just to get in a place where you can take some deep breaths and just maybe roll your shoulders and maybe close your eyes and just begin to picture something that brought you peace or brings you peace. And you could do that and then a key part to connecting with Emmanuel, Dr. Chad, is being able to quiet, mm. right? Yes, absolutely. And being able to feel safe in Emmanuel's presence. But what I've known after these years of coaching and doing um, some inner healing work with people, oftentimes people can't calm their brain alone. And they need the help of others to sit with them in that, to help them calm and to guide them. And so just know today as I'm sharing this, if you can't find calmness or quietness on your own, um, that's okay. But hopefully you'll be able to share this process with a friend or two who could sit with you to learn how to breathe or quiet or find safety. Yeah, there is something that goes into that with when two or more are present, he mm -hmm. is there. Mm -hmm. And he is here with us, so. Mm -hmm. So I um, I was recently sharing this with a, a group of women, and um, one of the women could not connect with the quieting. And, um, and we were just able to pause with her and say, it's okay, we understand she'd just been through something and a loss of a family member. And so she didn't have the capacity, but our presence validating her and comforting her and sitting with her in it brought peace to her mm -hmm. because she'd felt alone. So just the mere presence. And because we can't be together right now present, I want us to maybe consider doing this over the phone with someone 
if you want to, you don't have, we, we can't go into each other's homes, but we can still be together. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. So here we go. We're, we're quieted. And now we're going to move into this space where we want to turn on our, what I call relational circuits. They're up there in that prefrontal cortex behind our right eye. And we want to make sure that we can get relationally connected. Because oftentimes in fear and trepidation, uh, relational connection is the last thing on our mind. Sure. But guess what? Right now in this culture, we are in the presence of family members who we should love, but they might not be getting our best self because of the tension and the fear of the financial repercussions of this or the the physical ailments that could be coming. So we're going to practice gratitude or appreciation or even peacefulness. If that's all you can get to is a peaceful place, then that's okay. So you have any questions so far? I don't. No, I'm looking forward to bringing out this joy. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So here I'm going to have you write a thank you note to Jesus. And um, I'm just going to say a simple prayer. Just, um, Emmanuel, would you be with us right now? And would you give us a thought, an impression, or a memory of a time we were peaceful or thankful or grateful? Something that you want us to recall. And you can sit and you listen, and then you can, whatever thought comes, you can write that down on your paper. Nothing is too silly or too out of, <laughs> out of this world, but just write down what comes to mind. Trust the process today. And um, I'll let you write that thought now turn it into a thank you note that would say something like this dear god thank you for that memory of being in the field with grandmother teaching me how to drive and then go from there how did your body feel what did the environment look like and just write two or three sentences and then after that you would say, thank you, God, for that idea and that thought. I wonder what you would say or want me to know about my gratitude or thank you note. And then you turn your ear toward listening in that quiet space, and you're listening to what Emmanuel would say. So that's the first process, and that's called interactive gratitude. And just that step alone, the quiet, intentional quieting, intentional seeking gratitude, the writing of gratitude, and then the listening to hear what Emmanuel would think, that can be practiced daily. And there was one one season in my life, I practiced that three times a day because I needed my capacity to grow and I needed a connection with a sovereign being because life was so difficult. You know, Kim, I sometimes will tell patients we take time out of our day to eat three meals a day and we never mur- nourish our soul three times mm. a day. And you just spoke right to that. Yeah. It, actually, in this, my husband and I are practicing this right now because we tend to a lot of people. 
And so we want to make sure our capacity is covered and that we have a reserve to share with others. So I would challenge you listeners out there, how many times a day would you want to practice interactive gratitude to build your emotional capacity? And so now moving on to the next part, we call that thought rhyming. And thought rhyming isn't um, like what we know of words that rhyme. It goes back to the Hebrew context of um, thought flow back and forth between the listener and between God. So there's this passing of thoughts. Another way to call it might be mutual mind or like some people refer to it as God's sight, but we're trying to have a connection with our sovereign God to hear what might be on his heart toward us. And this is the part of the Emmanuel journaling that what I feel has helped create and move me closer to my God-given identity. It's replaced the false narratives that I had created in my life. That's beautiful. Yeah, and by false narratives, I mean behaviors and experiences and stories I told myself from the environment I grew up in or circumstances in life that happened to me. And in this interactive conversation through thought rhyming, the Lord has told me how he saw it or how he sees me. And the freedom that I'm experiencing today is unbelievable, Dr. Chad. Yeah, those are... um those condemning thoughts that we can hold mm-hmm. onto that we think are true because perhaps our environment or people have actually spoken those over us. Mm-hmm. And God never says that. He doesn't say those words to us. Mm-hmm. And this process begins to emancipate the mind and the spirit. So true. I love that word emancipate. I've not thought of using it like that. But the freedom that comes when we know the truth of how our creator sees us. He hears us and he has compassion for us. And he wants to do something about that. He wants to be in that intimate, intimate relationship. The passing of thoughts between two. Mm -hmm. I love that idea. Mm -hmm. So here I'll go over the next um, questions with you. There's only five. And um, the first question is... Think as if you were writing, as you're listening to what God says, you're writing as if he's truly speaking to you. And this might be a stretch for some of you. I know it sure was for me in the beginning. I went, yeah, right. I'm sure I can hear from God. Um, I've been praying this my whole life, but I hadn't necessarily learned to listen very well. It hadn't been modeled for me. Sure. So as I began to learn this process, I began to learn that I could hear if I trusted the process. And there are some safety nets that were given to me so I could know if it were me making it up or if maybe evil was sending it my way or if it were a lie. So let me share the safety nets up front so you can be assured that you could trust this process with Emmanuel. Excellent. Yeah. So the first thing is you would want to consider, um, after you've written it, um, I'm going to ask you to read it to someone. Um, And I'll tell you more about that in a bit. But as you read it, does it give you or the listener added peace 
as you read it, is it biblically sound? Is what you're hearing biblically sound or does it reflect the character of God or his guidelines for living? And check in with your body and see what your body feels as you're reading it. It is a great pulse for, for determining if it's truth or fiction. We can tell that. And then um, the guardrails that I've just described to you are imperative that we check and make sure that it's truth that we're hearing. Because oftentimes we doubt that we're hearing truth. But when you run it through these safety nets, it really brings a comfort of going, well, maybe I did hear from Emmanuel. Maybe that is truth. Maybe I've had a wrong narrative for most of my life. Could that be? And when I read my journal entry to my husband or my dear friend, Dawn, um, she goes, oh, that sounds like truth. And that feels like that could even be for me. Or when I read it to Steve and he says, oh, wow, that's that just really sounds like the character of God that he would love you that much, Kim, or he would have that much compassion on you. And so it's a beautiful expression of what happens between you and whoever you read it to because it amplifies their experience with Emmanuel. So if you're reading it and you see the listener begin to flinch their shoulders or squinch up their face or their body begin to wiggle, you go, mm, might not be truth might not be from Emmanuel. So. So if a person who's listening should experience something that is not from him, what do they do with that? Well, I'm so glad you asked that because going back to the appreciation memory is so important. Going back to that interaction where you felt the peace, the gratitude, the positive connection with Emmanuel. We go back there, and that's another safety net that we can return to if things get prickly or we kind of get in the thorny bushes. We go back to the safe place where we were in the beginning in gratitude and appreciation. So it's a a system of checks and balances. Yes, because we... uh, even though you're called Renegade Atlas, we don't want our prayer life to go renegade, right? No, we're <laughs> renegade from the world. <laughs> <laughs> right. So anyway, we do have these safety nets. And I, I think that's what was comfortable for me to begin trying this new listening prayer model was that there were these safety nets and guardrails. And after a person shares it with somebody else, mm-hmm. where do they go from there with it? Well, the last piece is um, now that I've shared it and I've heard it, I've listened. What might Emmanuel want me to do with that? It's that I call it the coaching context. I've kind of added that step as the coach. But what I realize if we don't pause and live into the new awareness, we might miss transformation. Right. So absolutely. That's why yes, I'm. Yes, Kim. It, yes. Yeah. And so that's why I'm excited about the pausing in our culture. I don't like what's going on, but I see Emmanuel longing to be with his sons and daughters, to have relationship with them. 
and help them get connected to what he might want to say to them. So if a person were to practice this once a day or three times a day or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, what is a a recommended frequency if somebody start out doing this on? Well, each person is different, but I will tell you, if you would just begin practicing and I don't know your pace or what's in your life, but the ideal scenario would be, could you come once a day and practice interactive gratitude? The neuro research indicates what appreciation and gratitude does to the rewiring of the brain and creating plasticity is amazing. Yeah. And so if we could get a heart, a heart and a head connection through gratitude and begin rewiring our neural pathways, and begin growing our emotional capacity through gratitude, could we then build that up for like 30 days and then move into the next step of practicing the thought rhyming? Maybe two or three times a week, maybe once a week. But when hardship gets difficult and you go, I don't know what to do with this challenge, you could go to Emmanuel and ask him, so how do you see this? How do you hear this? You know how big this is for me. What do you want to do about it? And what are you saying? You know, what are you showing me about this? And there are specific questions, but at the end of those five questions, the pause and the listening, you come away with answers. Almost, I can say almost 95% of the time, I have been able to sit with him. There are days that have been really disruptive or, and so I don't want my statistic to be someone else's, but I see the longer you practice it, the greater what I call muscle strength or neuro strength that will be, will be growing. Kim, this is so vitally important because I don't believe most people have been exposed to this idea of number one, neuroplasticity, which is your brain's ability to create new wiring and have new thoughts. And Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how the world pushes us into the same patterning, Mm -hmm. into these ruts that bring us down, get us stuck, and they don't, they, they, inhibit or prohibit freedom in our life. Mm -hmm. This is a way of finding that freedom in an entire new frontier or a new world, a new map, a new atlas for their life emerges, shows up and there's an abundance out there. It isn't one or you, you only have this option to be chained to this thing forever. But God shows you an entire universe you never knew existed before. And that's what you move into. Yes. Yes. Because um, our Western culture has not served us too well. We have not been taught how to quiet. We have not been taught. I speak often in large groups and not yet have I had anyone raise their hand when I said, how many of you were taught how to quiet as a child? And, um, uh, I just, you know, I was one of them, you know. And so now with this approach and knowing the value of what research is showing 
of learning to quiet, learning to rest, and learning to care for our bodies rather than responding to what the world is dictating. Yeah, that is really a key. And um, I firmly believe this message, um, Kim, when we had picked a date, (laughs) God had anointed this time for such a time as this for you to be here today. Um, I want to thank you so much for what you shared with everyone, um, because I believe millions need to hear this message today. Yeah, I'm with you, Dr. Chad. It's my hope that I can't, we can share it with millions because we have the gift of this. It's rewiring us with a connection with God, a connection with others. And if individuals out there would like to learn more, my email address is kim.specker at raretransformation.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn under Kim Specker and reach out to me and send me a uh, a request and I'll be more than happy to provide you with more resources or more information. Thank you so much, Kim. And as everybody, uh, we want you to know, uh, Matt and I love and appreciate your being part of Renegade Atlas, of uh, sharing this with others. Um, Please, this is the perfect time for people to listen to this information, to get it out there. You can message this, share it, get it out to people, tell them to listen, because these are words of life. Mm -hmm. You are all loved and appreciated. Have a beautiful day. 